0: At the end of uh, World War II, an American sub came to uh, Newport News, Virginia to dock. And as it came into port, something went terribly wrong with some mechanism and and it began to sink in the harbor. They immediately dispatched the Coast Guard to go out because obviously it was full of crew and and they were going to try to save that crew. They dispatched uh, divers that would dive down to the hull of the submarine and find out, you know, what went wrong. As the divers swam around the sub, you could hear that one creative sailor had a hammer and was knocking on the hull uh, from the inside with Morse code. Is there hope? Is there hope? That's one of the fundamental questions of life. Is life worth living? Is there hope? Can I count on anything in in life? Is there hope? I I mean, it's asked every day by thousands of people in, in thousands of different ways. When you're sitting, you know, in a doctor's office, waiting for tests, you hear the question: "Is there hope?" When you're standing by the bedside at a hospital, you, you hear the question: "Is there hope?" When a couple uh, who've put months and months into marriage counselors are sitting there, getting nowhere, they're thinking in their minds: "Ah, is there hope?" When you're dealing like with a tax accountant in a bankruptcy situation, and you ask: "Is there hope?" When a couple or a family hears that their child is missing, they they ask the police, is there hope? Government and political leaders ask the question about places like right now Afghanistan or Myanmar, is there hope? Friends, you can go 40 days without food and 3 days without water and and you can go 8 minutes without air, but really, you can't go a minute without hope. Hope is one of the essentials of life. When hope is gone, life is over, you need hope. You you need hope to make it through life. You need hope to be able to cope. Dr. Harold Wolfe, he's a professor at Cornell University uh, in the medical school there. He he did a a study on the effects of hope on the human body. He studied uh, 25,000 prisoners of war from various war situations and tracked them over an extended period of time. He wanted to see what hope did to them and what kind of difference it made. He discovered that out of those 25,000 former prisoners of war, there was one group of people on whom the experience of being a, a prisoner of war had no, like almost no effect on them at all. In spite of the brutality, in spite of the torture, in spite of solitary confinement, and in, in spite of all sorts of inhumane abuse, there was one group. Not a large group, but one group that it just didn't phase. There was no post-traumatic stress disorder. They didn't uh, get ill. They didn't have flashbacks. They just handled it and went on with life. When Wolf studied uh, that group, the one common denominator that that they all had was an extraordinary high level of hope. For this group, uh, a high level of hope seemed to keep PTSD at bay. Friends, hope makes all the difference in the world. It's essential for handling the crises of life. In his concluding study, Wolfe said, and I quote, when a man has hope, he's capable of bearing incredible burdens and cruel punishment. But when hope is gone, people fall apart emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Okay, so today, we're in our fourth and last message in a series called God Is we're look, we've been looking at the attributes of God and how those attributes touch our lives at our point of need. Today we want to take a look at the truth that uh, God is our hope, that he's our ever-present hope. And, and I want to, for this message, acknowledge Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback Church, because I, I have grabbed a, few, uh, a little bit of material from him for this message today. Hope. You have to have hope to believe that God will work in your life. You have to have hope to believe that God can change your situation, that that God can meet your needs. Because, you know, hope is in such short supply these days, uh, people fall for all sorts of, you know, quack, crazy ideas about where to find the hope you need. People trust in all sorts of stuff, promoted on social media, fake cures, do these five things, uh, uh, follow this celebrity secrets. Or or how about a, a psychic hotline or something like that? There's just a lot of crazy stuff out there. And inevitably, these things, like, they they disappoint, right? And you end up being worse off because nothing is worse than being disappointed by a false hope. So the question is, is there any place that I can get the hope that I can depend on, hope that I can count on for the crises of life, the the things that are going to come into my life that I don't plan but could just tear me apart? Are there any kinds of things like that that I can count on? Where do I find that kind of hope? And the writers of the Bible, I mean, they're really clear about this. The hope you need is found in God. God is the source, the source of hope. Listen to these words of the Apostle Paul. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Friends, in other words, as you put your faith in God, he gives you peace, joy, hope. And Paul says, then you will overflow with hope. So how is it that God is our source of hope? Well, at the end of the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, God gives us one of his names. He says, I am Jehovah Shammah. In Hebrew, that means I am the God who was always there. There is no place that God is not. There is no place you will go that God isn't. God has been in your past. He is in your present. He is going to be in your future. He is in the good times and the bad times. He is in the good places, friends. He is in the evil places. He is everywhere. And and this truth that God is everywhere has profound implications on where you find hope. If God is truly with me all the time, I mean whether I feel it or not, if he is truly with me, then I can have hope. Um, there are a lot of things in life that you know, I really can't you know, count on, a lot of things in life that are uncertain. But because God is, is everywhere and he's always with me, there are kind of a couple of anchors I can grab from that idea that the Bible tells us about, that, that God's presence just gives me hope. And, and let me give you two of these ideas this morning. The first is, because God is always with me, his presence is always watching over me. Now, if there's anything living in Fort McMurray since the wildfire has taught me and, and that the pandemic has made even more clear, and that's how much of my life is just out of my personal control, right? The truth is, not only can I not control much of what's in my future, I really don't even know much of what's in my future. Like wildfires and floods and oil price crashes, pandemics. Didn't see any of it coming. God, through the prophet Isaiah, says, don't worry, because I am with you. Don't be afraid, because I am your God. I will make you strong. I will help you. I will support you. The good news is, regardless of what happens, you and I don't have to go through it alone. There is a God who will be with us. He will be there with you. I mean, this is one of the certainties of life that I can hold on to. When I hold on to that certainty, I have hope. Now, there are a lot of uncertainties in life. One of the sad uncertainties of life is that people will leave you. Friends and family will move away. There will be people that you love who will pass away. There will be people that you love who will become ill, and they just won't be themselves anymore. There may even be those who you argue with, and there's a separation that's painful. The sad truth of life is people leave us. But the certainty of life is God will never, ever leave you. That helps us have hope because of, well, because the fear of being abandoned is one of the greatest causes of, uh, uh, of hopelessness uh, in our lives. You know, the feeling that I'm going to be deserted, that I'm going to be forsaken, that I'm going to be left alone, that, that I'm going to be overwhelmed and, and there's going to be no one there to help. The truth is God will never leave you. The second anchor for my hope is this. God's purpose is working in me. I mean, no matter what's happening in my life, good, bad, or ugly, God's purpose is working in me. You know, the most difficult kinds of questions in life are, why is this happening to me? I mean, ever ask that? Like when the problem is there because of a freak accident and it doesn't have any rhyme or reason to it. It just doesn't make any sense. Those are the kinds of situations that are the most difficult to handle. On the other hand, when you can see a purpose behind your problem, it gives you enormous hope. It also gives you enormous power to endure. And God says, I am working in your life and I have a purpose no matter what's happening. God is doing good things in my life even when the situation is bad. Even when I don't feel it. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when I have no understanding at all. When the situation is bad, He is still doing good things in my life. Apostle Paul wrote some words that are so profound. They they really help us cope with the dark stuff that comes our way. He says, We know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Notice what Paul does not say. He doesn't say, all things work out the way I want them to. Paul doesn't say, all things have a happy ending on earth. Because it just isn't true. Reality teaches us, right, that not every patient gets well. That not every couple that gets married lives happily ever after. Reality teaches us that not every business decision makes a million dollars. Not every problem is resolved. Have you noticed not all children get straight A's or become captain of the hockey team? What does it say? First it says we know that God causes all things to work together for good. What, What that means is we don't wish. We don't imagine, we, we don't desire, we, we don't have a false hope. We don't have positive thinking. It just says, we know. We know. What do we know? That God causes. There's a grand master designer of the universe. And, and there is a plan that is an action. And, and really history is his story, God's story. And in some way, every single human being, including you and me, fit into that story. There's a master designer. Sure, you and I make mistakes for sure. We make lots of mistakes. But God never makes mistakes. And somehow God works with our mistakes. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. What does that include? Does it include illness? Yes, Does that include unemployment? Certainly. Does it include divorce? Okay, God does not desire divorce. He he does not cause divorce, but even divorce he can use for good. Does it include miscarriage? Does it include failure? Does it include freak accidents? Does it include stupid decisions that I make and the mistakes that I bring upon myself? Yes, absolutely yes. Everything fits into God's plan. The good, the bad, the indifferent, the things that I do, the things that I don't do, the things that I control, the things that I don't control, all things work together for good. Notice, it doesn't say all things are good. And it doesn't say God causes all things. God does not. God does not cause rape or sexual abuse. God does not cause war God does not cause famine and poverty. God does not cause leukemia and cancer. It doesn't say God causes all things. Truth is, we bring some of it on ourselves, and some of it just comes from living in a sin wrecked world under the dominion of the evil one. But it does say God causes all things to work together for good, it works together. Kind of like baking a cake, which I admit I don't do with a wife who is such a great cook for desserts and all. But when you're baking a cake, you've got to have some flour and some raw eggs and some shortening and some sugar and some salt and some vanilla. Each of those things by themselves really doesn't taste all that good. I mean, have you ever tasted flour, shortening? Maybe sugar, some of you would say, is okay, but... Generally, those things on their own don't taste great. And when it comes to your life, there are a lot of things that are, you know, difficult to swallow. They're bitter going down and you choke on them and you go, why is this happening? Not all things in your life are good, but they work together for good. When those elements are put together, just like the elements of a cake are put together, it produces a cake and the cake is very good. God kind of wants to bake a cake in your life, and he wants to take the elements of your life, even the things that are distasteful, bitter, and, and he wants to work them together for good. Can God bring good out of bad? Let me ask, did he bring any good out of the crucifixion? I'd say so. The crucifixion of Jesus was not good. It was quite painful, but God brought incredible good out of it. When you understand that God is not only watching over you, but that he's working in you, that he not only has his presence, but he has a purpose, all this is a a source of enormous hope. Enormous. And and notice there's a a qualifier to this great promise. This promise is not for everyone. It says those who love God. All things do not work together to good for everybody. In fact, if you're thumbing your nose at God, walking out the back door and saying, forget you, God, all things are not working for good in your life. This is not a promise for everybody. It's a promise for those who love God and want to have a relationship with him and are trying, trying to live according to his purpose. So, if you're feeling hopeless this morning about something in your life, really, it's just a symptom that you're forgetting how much God cares about you. Hear this. This is, this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Listen. I have upheld you since you were conceived. And I have taken care of you from birth. Even when you are old, I will be the same. Even when your hair has turned gray, I will take care of you. I made you and I will take care of you. I will carry you and save you. Can you compare me to anyone no one is equal to me or like me. Friends, what a God we have. Maybe you feel trapped in a hopeless marriage. It's on the rocks and, and, and you've tried everything and anything and, and it's going nowhere fast. Or maybe you felt trapped in a hopeless job and you've bounced from job to job to job and it, you just haven't found where you fit in. Or, or maybe you're stuck in a, a hopeless health problem uh, you've been to all the doctors, you've tried all the cures, and nothing has helped you. Or, or maybe you're in a hopeless situation with your child, or, or maybe you've you got a hopeless situation with your finances, and, and you're not getting it out of debt, you're just going deeper deeper, month after month. Maybe you're a single parent, and, and, and there are those days when you just feel powerless and hopeless to cope. What do you do? You give it to Jesus. When you do you will experience a rebirth of living hope in your heart. This is how the Apostle Peter puts it. In God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You will have a rebirth of hope in your life. You will go from no hope to new hope when you give it all to Jesus. Hey, the the early followers of Jesus, they moved the day that we worship God on from Saturday to Sunday. Why? Because Sunday was the day Jesus rose victoriously from the dead. You you know, the the resurrection of Jesus is just where God proved that Jesus was who he said he was. Friends, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he he can raise a dead marriage, he can raise a dead career, He, he can raise a dead hope, a dead dream there is hope i don't know where you're at right now but i know that in the course of this morning or, or whenever you're watching if you're watching on, uh, online uh, that there will be a number of you who are barely hanging on and if you're just barely hanging on you need to do a couple of things first you just need to remember the presence of god that he is always with you that you will never be without him you may not feel it but he is there he's aware he cares he can help jehovah shama i am the god who is there you remember god's presence friends you will never go through anything alone and secondly you you need to receive from god's people you need the support of god's people that's why you you need a church family that's why you need to be part of a small group when they start up again in the fall or starting point. And you need the support of our prayer team. You, you need to take your prayer requests to our team. When a crisis comes, I, I mean, who's going to stand with you? Do you know anybody? Do, do you have any relationships? And uh, who do you stand with when they're going through tough times? That's why you need a church home. You need a family who will be there when the crisis comes and and the heat is on so that you can receive from God's people as you experience his presence. Let me kind of sum it all up this way. There are a lot of things in life that are uncertain, but no matter what happens, this is certain. God's presence will always be watching over me and God's purpose will always be working in me. Friends, no situation, none. No situation is hopeless. No situation is hopeless. Would you bow with me for prayer? Now, God brought some of you here today so that he could say this to you. um, Don't give up. Don't do it. Uh, Don't give in to discouragement and despair. Don't give up, but look up. Turn to prayer. Give it over to Jesus. So, Father, I'm sure there are many people here today who are feeling pretty beat up by the circumstances of life. They may be feeling hopeless. I know that there are others here today who are discouraged and and depressed by stuff that's been happening in their lives. I I know that there's some who've been in the pit of of despair and, and they've even considered taking their life because of the pain. Thank you so much for bringing these people here today or online. Jesus, I know you love them very much and I pray that in this moment they will turn it all over to you so that they can begin a new life with you, their living hope. Now why don't you pray? God knows your thoughts, He knows what you're thinking right now. Just, just pray this in your mind and, and he 'll hear you pray this with me. Dear God, just pray with me. You know exactly how I 'm feeling today, and just tell him what you 're feeling. You 've seen the confusion and the sadness in my soul today. I want to turn it all over to you. Just just do that. Turn it over to Jesus. You alone are my hope. Help me be more aware that you are always with me, that you're always watching over me. I want to thank you for working in my life, even when I didn't know it, even when I really didn't understand it, even when I didn't feel it, even in the middle of my pain and problems. I thank you for your purpose. I want to get to know you and follow your purpose for my life. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.